0: My friends, whether you are looking for flavor, adventure, or simply better tasting meals, fill your pantry with Spice Islands. Spice Islands uses a craft approach to capture the volatile oil of each spice, which gives it its flavor. From Saigon cinnamon and dillweed to bay leaves, garlic powder, Cumin and turmeric, they maintain a strict standard for each item to ensure consistency, quality, and flavor. Visit spiceislands.com/slash house for more spice facts and delicious recipes. That's spiceislands.com/slash house and pick up Spice Island spices in the premium spice section of your local retailers. Friends, we are also brought to you today by touch bistro hey restaurant owners what if your point of sale could upsell for you Touch Bistro's iPad point of sale makes upselling second nature for your staff by giving them upsell item notifications when they're taking an order. This means thousands more dollars in your bank account all through an easy-to-learn POS. Through October, Touch Bistro is giving away a $25 Amazon gift card to any restaurant owner who completes a live demo. Go to touchbistro.com slash carbs to find out how Touch Bistro can increase profits for your restaurant. That's touchbistro.com slash carbs. All right, my podcast pals, we have done it. Here we are again. Another exciting episode of House of Carbs. Today's show, we cover some very exciting territory. We have on the general manager of the Charlotte Hornets, Rich Cho, who just happens to be a 25 to 30-year food devotee, archivist, historian. He has been collecting his special hole-in-the-wall joints, for 25 to 30 years, and now he has Big Time Bites on Instagram, BigTimeBites.com, and on the Twitter, You can check out his ratings of outstanding dishes at the restaurants that he has experienced. We also, of course, have food news. A very special food news today, my friends. Juliet and I, together here in Los Angeles, California, the L.A. Foo-Foo Coffee Tour. Food news on the road. We took it out on the streets, my people. We had some really delicious Foo-Foo Coffee. I have to tell you, I've come around to appreciating the L.A. Coffee. But now, let's jump into that belly with our good pal, Rich Cho. Podcast pals, I, I am truly humbled and honored today to have uh, a, as a guest the gentleman on the line right now, the former assistant general manager of the Seattle Supersonics slash Oklahoma City Thunder, the former general manager of the Portland Trailblazers, and and thereby becoming the first Asian American general manager in NBA history the current general manager of the Charlotte Hornets. But most importantly, my hungry friends, this gentleman is the founder of the Big Time Bites Multimedia Food Empire, Rich Cho. Welcome to House of (laughs) Cards.
1: I love it. Uh, Thanks for the welcome. Uh, Good to be here.
0: My friend, I have to tell you, the food gods clearly desired for us to, to connect. I honestly believe this. We, we are belly mates. We were destined to connect. Uh, the, the big time bites, um, platform was launched in July of 2017. Coincident with the launch of the house of carbs food podcast, you and I rich Cho have been letting our bellies lead us throughout our lives. I was very inspired as I did the research for today's conversation to see you're the kind of guy that sits down at a table and and orders for everybody. Joe House has been known to do that once in a while. And I also was very taken with the the observation by friends uh, of yours over time about how you've been able to manage a svelte figure while enjoying all of the wonderful foods that you enjoy all, all over the world. So I really do think, um, that we were, we were destined to meet. Um, so let me, let me, uh, stop talking and and let you talk a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested in hearing how big time bites came together.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I've always had uh, a love for food and, and, uh, years ago when i when i started to travel more with my job i'd ask um friends and family and co-workers for different food recommendations in in uh, different cities and uh, i'd write them down in a notebook and and when i went to those cities i'd make it a point to try those recommendations and and then i'd also ask local people that really know hey where's a good burger where's a good uh salad good lobster roll Wh- whatever it is and, and then um Eventually, friends and family and coworkers started asking me for recommendations. So then I, I, you know, just started compiling a lot of information, and I thought, you know what, I should put this all in in some sort of a database. So I started with an Instagram. Got a lot of positive feedback on the Instagram, and, and I thought, you know what, I want to start my own site, website, and uh, so that's that's kind of how Big Time Bites got started.
0: Yeah. So. Just for the purposes of helping our our hungry listeners understand how long you've been doing this, when would you say you started, you know, sort of uh, collecting restaurants of interest and highlighting dishes at at various restaurants? How long have you been doing this?
1: Oh, it's probably been a couple of years, you you know, um, writing them down here and there and taking pictures. And and, uh, we didn't really launch it until uh, July. Of 2017, just a couple months ago, but it's taken a lot of planning and, and uh, just to get the site launched and, and going.
0: Yeah, and and I would, uh, if if I may be so bold, from the research that I, I saw, it looks like you've been doing this in some form or fashion for for at least 20 years. I mean, since at least the time uh, your time in Seattle where you were exploring sushi restaurants in Seattle and dragging along some of your compadres and exposing them to to, various things that they may not have otherwise uh, wanted to go investigate on their own. You were a true belly Sherpa in that respect. Um, Am I right about that? It's been going on for a while now.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I like trying new things and I like to uh, have my friends try new things.
0: Right. So – Let's talk a little bit about um the the, the concept of, of the site in terms of um your postings and and your rating system and how you want folks uh, to to interact with you.
1: Yeah, so uh you know as you know there's uh, a gazillion sites out food sites out there and, and I wanted to make something kind of different uh something that would kind of uh be different than any any other food site. So Number one, it's got a sports theme throughout the site. So, like all my reviews are called scouting reports. Yes, and, uh, we have a we have a rating system to rate uh, the dishes, and, and there's five five uh, ratings: rotation, starter, all star, franchise, and, and hall of fame. So, uh, and there's a rubric for each rating. So, like for hall of fame, the rubric is: Hey, this is a, one of the best of. Of the best, uh, regardless of cuisine or or type of food, and it's something that should be on your bucket list before you die. So you know, just like a Hall of Fame player, those guys are few, few and far between.
0: Yeah. So um, h- how far at this stage? How many Hall of Fame dishes have you identified?
1: Well, for myself, I think I only have nine.
0: Nine. So, okay.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: That's worldwide, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's worldwide, and and you know I'm kind of a a, a hard grader too. It's kind of probably like you. You know, you 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 know, if you've eaten a lot of food, you're not going to rate just any any old thing Hall of Fame. So that's right. But uh, the other things that differentiate Big Time Bites is uh, instead of a place like Yelp or some of the other food sites that rate restaurants, this is dish based instead of restaurant based. Right. And the reason for this is that I feel most people are looking for a specific type of dish, like a, a burger or pizza or lobster roll, when they go out instead of trying to find a, a restaurant and then looking through the whole menu. Um, you know, yeah. you might, if you go somewhere, you're hungry for a specific type of dish.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure you get this. Now that you've waded into these waters, um, I get it all the time. Folks that, that uh, approach me on social media and say, hey, House, I'm coming to your city or I'm coming, I'm going to this other kind of city. Tell me places to go. And, you know, I'm, I'm always uh, at a loss because there's, there is no correct answer to that. I need to know what your budget is, what your tastes are. You know, what, what kind of experience you're after? I mean, the, 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 these days you have to really be, uh, you know, the, the wonderful food choices that are out there restaurant-wise, you can you can be very specific. And so it's, it's an impossible thing to just answer that open-ended, you know, where should I go? What's good kind of question.
1: Right, right. And, and you know, what you'll typically answer is, well, what are you in the mood for? you know then you can kind of narrow it down well how about a burger then you can narrow down some more but uh, i think one unique thing with the site too is it we just have positive reviews so uh because the lowest rating on the site is a rotation Uh any anything on the site is going to be like a big time dish anyway so uh and unlike a lot of sites you won't find negative reviews so uh so that way, you know, a user to the site, they don't have to sift through all the negativity to find positive reviews.
0: Yeah, I, I will tell you that um, you beat me to the punch. I wanted to ask you about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you introduced it and described it the way that you did. I find that so appealing. It's a list of great food. And it it starts with with great and goes all the way up to, to Hall of Fame. And so you can you know if you happen to be in in one of these locales where Big Time Bites has has uh, you know presented a scouting report, you want to get yourself to that restaurant and get the dish that appears. On the site. And, you know, maybe you'll try some other things at that restaurant, but you know that if you go to that restaurant and have that dish, you're going to have at least an outstanding experience, if not a superlative experience. Am am I right, Rich?
1: Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, one of the things that uh, I also find extremely appealing about Big Time Bites is the, uh, you know, it is a worldwide enterprise. And I know that you have not traveled all of these places in the last you know three or four months at least i i don't think you have because you know the the, the dishes appear from as far and wide abroad as 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 thailand to, to las vegas and you know san gabriel valley to to charleston south carolina um yep have you been uh building a cachet you've been storing things over time oh yeah
1: yeah no you're absolutely right yeah i haven't been to all these places in the last few months uh yeah, I, I like taking pictures of the food and, and just sharing it with my friends and and family. So some of these dishes I've had, uh, you know, maybe a couple years ago uh, um, or, or whenever it was. And then uh, now that I've got the site, there's a way to share all of them.
0: And and how about the scouting reports? Because that's not a small undertaking. I mean, I, I know from uh, reading up on you, you don't need a lot of sleep. So you're able to basically have your full-time job of trying to, uh, get the, the Charlotte Hornets to the NBA championship, but also this, this side hustle, um, that really looks like nearly, it could be a full-time kind of, kind of gig, uh, with the scattering reports. Have you been storing up notes and that kind of thing over time as well?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll store up notes. And, and, uh, but really, you know the scouting reports aren't really that hard to write either, just because it's fun. And,
2: right.
1: And uh, really, what I'm trying to describe is what makes the dish big time. You know? and, yeah. And uh, sure. uh, why is it why is it a big time dish? So it's it, it's all you know. It's really fun to do it, and, and uh, uh, I'm hoping the site catches on uh, in a big way, and, and uh, people can have fun with it, uh, sharing sharing their love for food.
0: Absolutely. So I'm interested in your um, position as GM. How often do you travel with the team?
1: I would say probably uh, half the time.
0: Okay. And when you do travel, do you have specific restaurants in mind um, in those cities that you know you're going to go visit? Or do you um, do some, some legwork in advance uh, to go try new places?
1: Kind of both. Depends on the city. Um like uh you know, we're leaving Sunday to go to Boston for our first preseason game, so I already have Neptune Oyster House on my list and and i, I I've already contacted the head head chef there, and he's got a you usually have to wait in line forever there, but he's he's got a table already set for me for lunch on Monday
0: <laughs> Well done, well done, I mean, you know the 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 perks of the hustle a little bit, right. yeah exactly you have to have a a couple perks Uh, absolutely i mean and you have that reputation you know uh i have to ask you about the nickname i haven't used it yet you're 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 cool with trader cho right oh yeah i guess that's okay (laughs) well you know it, it it shows up it's like the first thing that's on your wikipedia page is that that's your 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 accepted nickname trader cho is that is that true Oh uh, well, you
1: know I didn't write that Wikipedia page, so I
0: guess I know, I, know, I know it. I know it. I know it. Well, I'm not. I'm not calling you that. Um, when you do, I'm interested in, in this uh, this travel thing a little bit further. Do you have a crew of of uh, like minded eaters or eaters that are willing to um, put their trust in you that that uh, you know you go around with.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, all my friends know I'm I'm a big eater and not just in, in quality, but quantity. And so uh, and I've got a large, expansive palate. So, I, you know, I've, I've, I, I eat everything and I love hoeing the walls, too. So, you know, a lot of my friends uh, love food, too. So uh, I got one guy on my staff who and this is no exaggeration. He's worked here three years and he's gained seventy pounds. So, oh my gosh! <laughs> I won't say so a name, but every people that know us know who he is.
0: <laughs> well, you need to uh, introduce him to your workout regimen. There needs to be a big time, a big time treadmill, maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. I got he, he right now. He's on a juice cleanse, so he's trying okay. to. You know, All right.
0: Well, let's let's try and keep him alive. I mean, you know, you don't want to kill a poor guy. I have yeah. a I have a question. I saw the story in um, Sports Illustrated where you talked about uh, the the launch of of the site, and one of the stories that that leapt off the 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 page that you told was the experience of uh, this hidden destination. In Monterey Park, in the Los Angeles area, um, for for Burmese food, uh, and I I I want you to tell it. I don't I don't want to um, step on it any because I just found the whole thing super fascinating. How did you find this in the first place?
1: Well, I was at actually at this other Burmese restaurant. Uh, this is probably about ten years ago, and uh, it was a hole in the wall, and it was just me and another guy. So I start talking to him, and he was Burmese, and and I asked him if there's any other Burmese restaurants in the area, and, um, you know, the the Burmese restaurants aren't exactly plentiful, so he said, yeah, actually, there's a place, um, it's at a lady's house, and uh, she's only open on weekends, from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., do you want to go, and this was like on a Friday, and uh, and so the next day she was going to be open. I said sure. So he winds up picking me up at my hotel and takes me there. And uh, it's a if I call it a hole in the wall, that's like an understatement. Um, it's you know it's at our house. It's on a patio, and uh, there's only about ten seats. And but it's as authentic as you can get. And Burmese food is a cross between uh thai chinese and indian Mm -hmm. and it's terrific she uh she's about i would say close to 70 years old and uh her same with her husband and uh, they're both burmese but uh uh, they cook for me and uh fedex it freeze drive freeze it and then fedex it to me in charlotte uh, every couple months that's how good it is
0: (laughs) yeah it's Incredible. So it's, it's pretty apparent if there's only 10 seats and I guess most of them are outside or are there some of them inside as well?
1: No, they're all, they're all outside, but they get a steady stream of
0: people. This, this is not, um, an outfit that's looking to, to make a living from the cooking, right? These, these folks make a living from, from just being open on the weekends like this?
1: No, no, they, they have a a regular job during the week, but, uh, uh, this is just something they do on weekends to make some extra money.
0: Yeah. And it's a clear labor of love. It's a, it's a passion. And I mean, you know, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's a long Saturday and a long Sunday for folks that also have a regular time job. What, what, what I'm right. interested in is, you know, how, how does one get to a place like this? I mean, are you allowed to name the name? Are you allowed to, to tell the people how to get to this place?
1: Yeah, if uh <laughs> like uh, it, it's kind of underground, you don't, you know, there, there's no website or anything. But uh if people hit me up on big time bites, I'll I'll gladly send them the information. Um but it's it's uh it's awesome. It's, it, I've taken actually I've taken some other GMs there. Uh agents, I've taken agents there. I took uh, Sam Goldfeder, who's a big agent in the NBA there, and yeah, it, you know, he had like six helping. Uh, yeah, I would,
0: it, it sounds like a good place to go get a deal done, maybe.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I've even had You're... interviews there for uh, potential interns.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, it, in, incredible. Yeah, so I, I'm I am going to be one of the people that hit you up on big time bites to get the name and and the directions. Now, do these folks um, at least charge a fair price? Do they make do they do they make any money from from all of this this cooking they do?
1: Oh, it's really cheap. Uh, you can get a, a nice, good sized bowl of of, uh, of noodle soup there for uh, five so dollars. it's super an... cheap, and, and um, you know they're not doing it for the money necessarily, right? It's right. A, there's a big Burmese community there, and uh, they love doing it. And uh, if you wind up going, definitely tell them I sent you, and and they'll you, give you some extra love.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm sorry for belaboring this, but I I'm telling you the story is so inspirational. It really gets to the very heart of 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 what House of Carbs is supposed to be all about. It is you know this passion for food. People who who cook for the love of it, for the for the um, the friendship, the camaraderie of it, and honestly, and I know you'll attest to this. It's it's a spiritual experience when you're sitting there outside under the trees eating this this food. It's it's transportive, right?
1: Oh yeah, you'll literally if you go there, you'll literally feel like you're in Southeast Asia, yeah. and uh, I guarantee you, you'll feel like you're in Southeast Asia because it's probably unlike
0: any other place you've been to. Well, I, I hope they don't only. mind. There might be a surge in traffic. You you might get a surge in traffic from this, and they, they might get a surge in traffic. I hope that we don't uh, overwhelm yeah. them. <laughs> I have to ask a couple basketball-related questions, if you don't mind. And I, I, I promise, yeah. now, we, my, my beloved... Almost bullets. I still really have never made peace with the idea that the Washington team is called the Wizards. I mean, it's it's really I, you know I grew up in this area with the Bullets. A hard hard thing for me to swallow, Wizards. But our <laughs> my beloved basketball team and the Hornets are not only on the, in the same Eastern Conference, but in the same division. So I I, I promise to be uh, gentle and polite about this, and I'm gonna walk in with what I hope is a softball, uh, if you don't uh-huh. mind. What is yeah. your understanding of Michael Jordan's current favorite food?
1: You know, he's a big steak guy.
0: Yeah. So he has that reputation. And I wondered if you have been able to expand MJ's palate any. No. i mean have you made the pitch to him have you said come on mj come try this place with me or that place have you have you pitched him
1: oh yeah 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 he likes to stick to his uh you know his uh uh, his go-to's which are steak uh you know some pasta here and there um but uh no i've yeah yeah, he, he he uh i don't think he would uh be a, a good candidate for a different hole in the walls that that uh, you and I would go to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I do want to talk uh for a for a hot second about the upcoming basketball season because with the, the migration of a handful of players from the East to the West, the East feels as wide open as maybe it, it's ever felt, notwithstanding the conventional kind of wisdom around, you know, the top four there's been Cleveland and Boston and Toronto and Washington um, over the last, you know, handful of years. And Atlanta's kind of bumped up and bumped down um, over that period as well. But uh, as this season or comes along we have teams like Charlotte and Milwaukee and and Miami that are all looking like they they could crack into that that top 4 the one thing i was really interested in and in what you guys did in the off season obviously was the acquisition of, of Dwight and i know the need that he fills for you i'll let you um tell folks the the need that that you think he fills but but uh the you know in addition to you know the role that you're hoping he'll play my my question is can Steve Clifford be the Dwight Whisperer?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, he I think so. He, Steve uh, and his staff, uh, you know, they do a great job of getting uh, the most out of each and every player. And, uh, uh, you know, some of the guys that have come here um, having off years in the past, uh, before coming here, like Jeremy Lynn. They did a great job with Jeremy and, and got the most out of him. And He and, and Dwight are close, and he's obviously worked with him before. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking for Dwight to have a, a, a really good year for us. Uh, you know, he, he's averaged a double-double every year in the league, and, and I'm hoping that uh, that keeps moving forward that way. Um, but when we entered the off season. Uh, one of the things that we were really trying to address was some rim protection and shot blocking and some mm-hmm. physicality. So uh, Dwight brings all those to the table. Um, and the other big thing that we we're trying to address was our overall depth. And, uh, you know, he also addresses that. And, and he and uh, I think he and Cody Zeller would be a nice one to punch at, at the center spot.
0: Yeah, I, I will tell you watching, you know, the Wizards played Atlanta in the first round of the playoffs um this past season and I was terrified of Dwight because he uh could have dominated Marcin Gortat. I mean his 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 uh, athleticism even at this kind of stage of his career and his physicality I don't know what the explanation is for why it didn't come to pass. I mean, it looked like, you know, the, there were there were mixed messages going on with that Atlanta team. And I'm not asking you to make an observation one way or the other. I'm just telling you, I was deathly afraid of Dwight getting motivated and going out there and kicking some ass. And I was so impressed by what I saw that I I even allowed the possibility— uh, of, you know, hoping that my team might take a run at, at Dwight this off season, So I was a little disappointed when I saw that you stepped in there.
1: Yeah, well, we were, uh, you know, we were lucky to get him, I, th- I think, from the standpoint of uh, um, we thought, or I think everyone thought he'd be a good fit there just going back home to Atlanta. And, uh, you know, it didn't work out. And, and uh, they were looking to um, kind of, make a reboot a little bit with the new GM and um, luckily we got a deal done and we're really happy to have him, uh, you know, as part of our team.
0: Yeah, of course, it makes perfect sense. So I have uh, a request for you. I would, I have two requests. One is I would love for you to come back on because we, both of us are still in the in the infancy of our food enterprises, and so I know that over the course of this NBA season, we are going to connect. We're going to have some delicious food together. We'll see each other. Um, so you have to come back on the show. That's my number one re- request. Um, oh, definitely. Secondly. You know, I, I would love to be an honorary scout. I would love to. You know, I, I need some guidance, though. I'm not very good at the food pictures so far, so I need I need some some of the, your professional. Uh, I need some mentorship, Rich Cho. I'm <laughs> well, not big time.
1: Hey, yeah, no, we definitely got to talk, uh, talk and uh, hook up for some food. And, and uh, I have this food light, and uh, I'll get you a food light and, and send it to you. Uh, if you give me your address uh, along with some big time bike gear, but uh, that might help you get some good pictures
0: too i I love it, I love it, so look the next time i 'm not going to do this to you right now i 'll save it for the next time you come on because i i didn 't want to spring it on you. One of the things that i 've been asking guests that come on is to share with us their their last meal on earth now i i don 't think it 's fair to just ask you right out of the box you know i i 've been on the site there are probably you know uh what 120 dishes on there by now if if or more or less yeah
1: well we've got um we've got uh 463 scouting reports now and and oh uh, pardon
0: me i'm sorry
1: on uh close to 400 restaurants and we've got uh 265 scouts signed up so far
0: Oh, my gosh. Incredible. I should have asked. Yeah, I I tried to look at the Instagram and quickly come to an idea of how many. Those are outstanding numbers. So uh, you'll have a lot to choose from. I want to give you plenty of lead time to think about your last meal on Earth. You know, four or five things that you might or actually maybe it would just be one thing. It's your it's your last meal. So you get to choose it.
1: Yeah, sounds good. I'll have something for you I, next time.
0: That, oh, that's great, Rich. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it, and I look forward to uh, not only sharing some great food with you, but uh, another great uh, conversation here in the near future.
1: Yeah, well, thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, I uh, I appreciate it, and uh, love I love your uh, all your podcasts, and, and uh, uh, look forward to following you as well, and. and uh, for any of the the listeners out there, the um, the site is bigtimebytes.com, and the Instagram and Twitter are, are and Facebook are at bigtimebytes.
0: Yeah, we we'll, we will push all that out on our media, on the social, on the uh, Ringer media as well as my own house from DC media. We'll push out those links to make sure everybody can get at uh, the big time bites.
1: Great, great. Thanks, Rich. Thanks.
0: Big, big thanks to Rich Cho. That was such a fun conversation. I can't wait to have him on the House of Carbs again. Now we are going to jump over to the food news with Juliet. Stay tuned. Friends, are you still using the same shower products that you did in high school with scents like Forest Blast? My pals, it's time to upgrade your routine with Rudy's Barbershop. Since 1993, Rudy's has been the authority on effortless style. With 29 shops across the country, they are the original modern barber shop and have cut the heads of folks like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Daft Punk. Now, they're bringing 25 years of experience to a line of hair and body products that smell great and work effortlessly. GQ, Esquire, and Men's Health have raved about their products. Joe House has raved about their products, including the Rudy shampoo, the Rudy's conditioner, the Rudy's body wash, and the Pomades. All of Rudy's products are made here in the USA, never tested on animals, and they use only the very best ingredients. And top it all off, Rudy's is a longtime ally of the LGBTQ community and works with partners like the It Gets Better Project to donate shower products to local shelters. To learn more, visit rudysbarbershop.com. That's R-U-D-Y-S barbershop.com. They are so confident that you will love their products that they're offering house of carbs listeners 25% off your first order from Rudy's website. That's with promo code carbs. Get on rudysbarbershop.com promo code carbs. Do it now. And I also want to tell you about Bombfell. For most guys, shopping can be a total pain. Bombfell is an easier way for men to get better clothes. Bombfell is an online personal styling service that helps men find the right clothes for them. It's simple and straightforward. All you have to do is complete a questionnaire, and it's not very long. A dedicated personal stylist will handpick pieces specifically for you. Then once you've viewed your selections, you'll have 48 hours to make any changes or even cancel altogether if it just doesn't catch your eye. You are in total control. You only pay for the clothes you keep. Plus, you have the option of receiving clothes once every one, two, or three months to keep it fresh, because Bombfell is on your side. They don't make money if you don't find something that you want to keep. I, my own self, had a wonderful experience with Bombfell. The questionnaire is indeed very short. I gave them a nice indication of my style profile, and in a box came three pieces of clothes that I immediately added to the house collection. Best of all. Podcast Pals. We have negotiated with the Bombfell to get our listeners a special offer of $25 off your first purchase when you go to bombfell.com slash carbs. That's Bombfell spelled B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash carbs. Bombfell. Open and close. All right, podcast pals, as is always the case here on House of Carbs, joined now by managing editor at The Ringer, host of the jam session podcast, Juliet Littman. How are you?
3: Hi, house.
0: It's time for food news. Juliet. Yes. We were together today.
3: We remain together. We're in the same room. <laughs>
0: It was an incredible experience then. We're going to have an incredible experience right now talking about our incredible experience earlier today.
3: We went on a coffee tour in downtown LA.
0: We did that damn thing. We did it. We said we were going to do it and then we did it.
3: I'm pretty proud of us making good on our our promises.
0: So let's go back to uh, where this all came about.
3: Yeah, we, we read some news about Blue Bottle Coffee being yeah. purchased by Nestle, and I also think we did some co- some coffee news before that as well. Feels like it. I was I told a horror story of how I got into a tiff with a barista who didn't think I was taking their coffee seriously enough, and um, many coffee aficionados got in touch with us. One of whom was named Jason. Yeah, and he does coffee tours in downtown L.A.
0: So we we were inspired to try. An L.A. foo coffee tour. Yes. Because L.A. is at the forefront of, of what I now understand to be called the third wave of, of coffee preparation and delivery, I guess. I w- yeah. What, is that the right way to say it? I
3: think so. We learned a lot about coffee from Jason. His name is Jason Parker.
2: So then realistically— Second wave kind of started in like 92, 93, when the Starbucks model took off and you saw them everywhere. All right. uh, my dad opened a coffee shop in 94, so that was one of my first where? jobs. Uh, in Alaska, that's where I'm from. Valdez, Alaska, so that was my, my first real job was at a coffee shop freshman year in high school. Unbelievable. Yeah, working at this, uh, working at this place. Yeah, that
0: legit second wave.
2: So that's second wave, and then because second wave opened, there were a lot of people, they were trying coffee and they were like, I don't like this stuff, so I'm gonna make my own, I'm gonna open my own coffee company. Three roasters opened, counterculture in North Carolina, Intelligentsia in Chicago, and Stumptown in Portland. And they started direct trade. Uh, before that, it was fair trade. Fair trade was kind of a rip off. Like you have these collectives, you have two people grow 20 pounds of coffee and they sell it to the collective. They're both getting paid exactly the same. One could be growing crap, and the other guy could be growing the most amazing coffee in the world, and it doesn't matter. Whereas Starbucks, they're getting coffee from all around the world. All the coffee has different flavor notes. They have to. They found a sweet spot where if they roast all the coffee at the same temperature, it's all going to taste exactly the same, like that McDonald's cheeseburger that tastes exactly the same no matter what. Um, and then it's basically that that sweet spot is burnt, and that's why you have this burnt coffee that uh, that Starbucks is known for.
3: His Twitter handle is at end of time travel. End, end of, of, time of time
0: travel. travel. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, an outstanding host and a and a terrific coffee sherpa.
3: Yes, he was.
0: We went around to a handful of places. Let's hear it. Let, let's talk about it a little bit.
3: We began at Verve Coffee in downtown LA. There's three locations where we had three different kinds of coffee. Let me tell you which we had. Yeah. At the house. I I took notes. Yeah. Um kind of. I took photos of notes. We had Eucro, which um was from Ethiopia. Okay, which I well we'll come back to what we liked and we didn't like. We had La Balsa Pacamara, which was from Guatemala. Okay, and then we had Kiam Kiamabara, which is from Kenya. Yes, three different kinds of coffee, all no milk, of course. Right, no, all, it all sipping. It was like a, it was a, ta- a proper tasting,
0: like pour over. These were pour yes. over joints, yes. single serving pour overs.
3: Yeah, it was good. It was interesting. Yeah. And they each come with like some information, some tasting notes. Yeah. And so with the three we had were for an Ethiopian, a Guatemalan, and a Kenyan. Did you have a favorite?
0: Uh my favorite was the third one. The Kenyan. Yes. Interesting. Uh because it it this is probably telling too much about my coffee palate. Ooh. Confessing a bit. Um it felt, it felt comfortable to me. Mm. The other two were a little too out there for my, for my taste buds. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we, 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 we took a little video of this and, and a little audio. We, we, we were waited. trying to do some tasting notes in the moment, giving some reactions to the various tastes.
3: Yes, and you, um, <laughs> the one that was from Ethiopia, you thought tasted like spaghetti and meatballs. I
0: did th- I t- it did taste like that to me. I don't know. It was the very first thing that I got. It's what struck my brain.
3: Um, the thing that's interesting. Oh, that oh, there's a lot of interesting things. But it's almost like the coffee business, in some ways, is so like direct. Like he was very able to like explain like how the beans get from point A to point B, and I kind of found that surprising. And like maybe. I don't know. I probably there probably is a little bit more to it that I need to learn. But it just well, no, there like-
0: there was incredible innovation. Yes. Um, was was my takeaway where from,
3: from the guy who started Intelligentsia.
0: Yes, the the, the 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 this fair trade to direct trade movement um, where the uh, purveyors of of the third wave were so inspired. By wanting to create their own um, idealized uh, cup of coffee, they were they were traveling to these exotic locales, directly to the farms, and establishing relationships with the with the coffee farmers yeah. to to buy their beans in bulk and create you know this this highly specific. Um, Approach to coffee and deliver it to the masses here, back here in the US.
3: I will say it made me like um, artisanal coffee a lot more, particularly like intelligentsia and places like that, because I'm like, oh, there's like a lot of like craft that goes into this. And it's not overpriced just to be overpriced, but there's like a lot of, you can understand why their costs are high because it involves like relationships with specific coffee farmers and there's like a lot of travel involved. Like the product is actually. Um, as specialized as they claim. And I think that often with sort of like trendy food, you're sort of like, why is it so expensive? But now I kind of get it. It's because there's a lot of like, there's like not, there's there's many aspects of that are not like mechanized. And you're like, oh, okay, like yeah. there's costs here.
0: Yeah. Well, and then uh, Jason made the point of, um describing how Starbucks broke down a price barrier, yeah. kind of a, reset the price of what people were willing to pay for a special cu- cup of coffee. And that that price barrier adjustment created an opportunity for these folks who wanted to do you know something special with, with their coffee.
3: Yeah. Verve was really like the kind of educational portion of this. I would say so. And I, I do feel I learned a lot. Me too. I, my favorite of the three, I think, was um, the second one, the Guatemalan. But it's also kind of like that was the taste of like what I associate with like kind of fancy coffee. So like sure. maybe it was more like a bias at play. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is right. This is the fancy stuff. Right. I'm a big, I put whole milk in my coffee usually. And now I realize that like if you're drinking really nice coffee, you really don't need it.
0: You don't want to put anything in it. Yeah. You want to savor the, the yeah. vibrancy and complexity of what that bean produces.
3: Yeah, 100%. Um, so after Verve, we walked through downtown LA, which is pretty cool. Fun.
0: Yeah, really cool. Middle of the day.
3: Yeah. Who gets to do that? It was Downtown L.A. It was like perfect weather. It was yeah. delightful.
0: We walked it, through the Bradbury building.
3: Yes, which was beautiful. Highly recommend it. Downtown L.A. really has some treasures. Um, and then from there, we made a stop at Blue Bottle, which, how did you feel about that?
0: Uh, I'm glad that we did it. And they had uh, this New Orleans um, chicory-infused... Cold brew that you can buy pre-made. They yes. they will make you one there as well. I'm glad we went there for that. Yeah, because me too. that was a delicious beverage. It was
3: really good. And previously, I disparaged the pre-bottled bottled. As coffees, did I. And this was really good. And I was like, oh, would drink. Ex- yeah, it was excellent.
0: Yeah, I I had my previous experience with trying to buy off the shelf. Uh, cold brew was La Colombe, which mm-hmm. I know uh, know how to pronounce properly, so don't have to at me anymore. <laughs> Do
3: people make fun of me? Coffee a lot?
0: Nazis. They were like Colombe, and I was like, "Have you heard me on a podcast before?" I yeah, get seriously. every pronunciation and enunciation wrong. Um, but in any event, uh, yeah, the, the, we we bought a pre.
3: We were in the store. We had the option to have like a, cust- a custom, made-to-order beverage. We got the box drink, and boy, was it delicious! It, it was, was like. As a kid growing up, my dad used to make coffee milk for me, which was coffee syrup and milk.
0: Well, that's pretty much what this was. <laughs>
3: yeah, and it was really <laughs> it was, good. <laughs>
0: and it was, it was great. I w- I will have to say, I found it um like a hair rich. Like I couldn't yeah. drink the whole box. No. I we know, had like I a could, few sips and it, it was enough. That was enough. Exactly. Exactly. It was that's, good. That's where I'm at.
3: And then we did have a, gla- a cup of pour over there. Yeah. Did you like that?
0: I, I was fine. It didn't blow me away. I, it did, was, I
3: actively disliked it. Oh, you
0: actively disliked it. it was, was it the one that I thought tasted like grasses? Yes. Okay. It, yeah,
3: oh. you were like, this tastes like grass.
0: Yeah, that was the one where I thought I it, I felt like a cow, perhaps.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You were like, if I were a cow on the range, this is what what I'd be eating. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was just too bitter for me. And one thing about Blue Bottle versus Verve that we learned is that they they mix um blends, like they they make their own blend. Right. Whereas at Verve, it's just like one kind of bean, single
0: bean, brewed single bean Verve. And
3: I don't think I liked the this the blend the blend. Yeah. yeah. It was just it's, too much bitterness, and like you lost a lot of the earthiness.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree with all also of that. Also, it was
3: really hot. It was too hot.
0: The coffee was too hot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could have let it sit for a bit.
3: Well, we were in a rush.
0: We had places to go and <laughs> well, people to it see. It wasn't a
3: rush, but you know, it yeah. was, as you said, it was the middle of the day. Right. Um, and from there, we went to GMB across the street in my very favorite Grand Central Market.
0: Grand Central Market. What a, a, a uh, an L.A. downtown treasure. I love it there. I could go there and spend hours. Have um, you gone there and spent hours before?
3: Well, one thing, that no, I haven't. Because usually I just like hard commit to one place and I'm like, well, I've eaten this meal. Yes. Am I really ready for another? But I think what you need to do is go for breakfast, Mm -hmm. do an activity, come back for lunch, do another activity and then come back for dinner. What
0: activities can you do in and There's the, like in that a walking tour. Woods? Okay. There's well, a
3: lot of museums.
0: No joke. The Bradbury, all by itself, this it's is worth the, it. the place um, where Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner, was was filmed, the portion of the movie in there. It's still stunning. It's totally. visually beautiful in there. Yeah. The it symmetry was really and the cool. ironwork and the the in, inside, the center cut elevator.
3: And so, not what you expect in LA. So, that was really cool. Yeah, right. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, but so, GNB is just a di- doing a different thing.
0: Whole different deal.
3: From there, we got two, t- three drinks. Two of them were the same, but at different temperatures. One, we got the almond macadamia latte, mm. both warm and over ice. And though it's like the same ingredients, totally different experience in the two flavors, the two temperatures.
0: Not just different uh, uh, experience in terms of like, you know, one was iced and one was not iced. I found the flavors to be different. I found the way that, that, uh, it, it, how it tasted in my mouth was different. Um, the hot one, uh, which wasn't hot. It was served, I found it a, a very like warm. pleasant warm. Yeah, was the, Is the perfect fall drink. I'd love to be, I'd love access to that sure. in, in my, uh, in the DMV in Washington, D.C. Surround
3: yourself with some fall foliage. Put on your down vest and get a cup of this warm beverage. Yeah.
0: Well, and you know, the, the ingredient in there that really struck me um, is the turmeric. Turmeric, yeah. Yeah, it's such a great um fall ingredient because in the in the delivered in that warm version it was it was a rich drink but the turmeric you could feel in the back of your throat yes. oh it was warming
3: totally it was, it was really lovely. it was really good and then over ice it, the kind of like the texture the sort of the thickness cuz it's a latte yes. really came through and it was more like uh, sh- like kind of like a specialty drink. It was yeah. more like, it was more like, reminded me of a Thai iced tea almost, yes, yeah. but with its own flavor. I feel
0: like flavor. you could, that's a the drink and the experience I had there. I feel like I could get it from a juicery. Yeah. You know, like, because this is, oh, this is, it, f- it felt hel- healthful. Yeah. I don't know if it is healthful. Yeah. But it felt healthful. Definitely wasn't healthful. I'm pretty sure <laughs> it wasn't think, healthful. No. You, think, you don't think, well, that was, by comparison to what we ended the tour oh, with.
3: It was so good.
0: God it. was damn it. the
3: GMB Shake. Yes. It's basically, it's, Coffee ice cream.
0: Yes, four shots of espresso. Yeah, and McConnell's.
3: McConnell's coffee ice cream. And I just learned this today. So GMB is is the name of the coffee place at Grand Central, but it's also it's owned by the same people who have Go Get Em Tiger, which they have in L.A. There's one in Larchmont. There's one in Los Feliz. I think there's a third, perhaps. And they also have really good food. Oh, but so they they just kind of do a different thing. Like they are a little bit more experimental and like less purely focused on coffee. Because obviously, because they're involving ice cream.
0: Well, they they have um, acquired through their skill and um, commitment to excellence the uh, wherewithal to go ahead and be exploratory. Because this was the only place where the uh, barista of the year trophies were featured prominently on top of the bar setting. And we'll we'll get this out on social so you can see what the a barista of the year trophy looks like.
3: Jason told us there's like this intensive international barista com- competition. I had no idea.
0: Yeah. And G of G&B won it.
3: Yes. Shout out to G.
0: I don't remember G's name. His
3: name is Kyle Glanville. Glanville. His partner is, is Charles Bobinski. Oh,
0: Bobinski. That's yeah. why. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Glanville Ky- and Bobinski. Yeah.
3: And so they're like, they are internationally recognized baristas. Yes. And they're just, they're just really like to go, Blue Bottle is a good middle ground because to go from Verve to GMB, it would have been like extremely different, right? But the blue bottle carton beverage kind of bridged the gap, it, I think.
0: It did. I agree with that.
3: And then, yeah, they're just like they're they're deviating from just like a pure coffee.
0: Yeah. the The thing I will say um, that I wonder about uh, for this particular uh, form of 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 coffee enjoyment, I don't know where other than like the West Coast you could do this 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 pour over. Where Take people time. have time, yes, exactly. That's the so attention funny. to detail.
3: It's it's funny because I I was just thinking like coffee is mostly a fast food. Yes, like, it's like a food of convenience. You're like right. oh, I need this. I'm addicted to it. I'll pick it up really quickly. As everyone who listens to this podcast knows, I love my Starbucks mobile app. Mm. But like this is so much more of like an immersive like. This is more like a wine tasting than anything. I agree
0: I agree with that it was that's fascinating right. it, it was, was it was
3: cool it's a, it's a totally different side of what's like a you know billion dollar industry
0: the only time I think I could this this would work for me in my life on the East Coast would be like a, a Sunday afternoon or something sure right that's where I have the the walk in the door to the time I'm out the door with the coffee or maybe I've already had half the coffee because I want it fresh in that moment um, is 15 to 20 minutes
3: yeah. I know, it's like this is this was like an activity for like for pleasure. Yes, an not- activity
0: for pleasure. <laughs> I agree with that.
3: <laughs> and not just to like get the job done of like waking up or whatever. That's right. Which was cool though, because like coffee is such a ritualized thing, yep. that it was cool to think about how to take it to a different level. Shout Oops. out to Jason.
0: Shout out to Jason and shout out to the LA Fufu coffee scene. Yeah,
3: thanks Thanks for coming out here and doing this with me, House. That was
0: awesome. We still have on the books our chili date, so we're going to have to knock that out. Uh, I can't wait. That'll I, be on the next, the next trip.
3: I can't wait. I found out that someone on the Ringer staff has a personal connection to Chili's. <gasps> we'll reveal it when we go to Chili's. Yes.
0: As always, thanks, Jay. Thank you. Okay, my podcast pals, another fantastic episode in the books. Please keep up the belly sourcing. House of Carbs fans at gmail.com. You can hit me at House from DC on Twitter and on Instagram. And we're very excited to announce keep your eyes out. The House of Carbs social platform will be expanding. We'll be sure to promulgate where you can find additional content. We'll be posting pictures. We'll have a lot more information about the restaurants that we're visiting and discussing. And We will ask for you to chime in at those places as well. We'll be doing a little more engagement about the House of Carbs experience. In the meantime, please review us on the iTunes and continue to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, my friends, let's stay hungry out there.